Welcome to Illuminating the Scriptures, a study of Nevi'im. In this series, we explore the words of the prophets and delve into the meaning and significance of these sacred texts. Sefer Yeshaya, the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verses 11 through 25, is a continuation of the previous passage where Yeshaya Hanavi, Isaiah the prophet, is speaking to King Ahaz, who was a wicked king. He was being threatened by the king of the ten tribes, the king of the northern kingdom, that's Pekach bin Remaliyahu, and Ritzin, the king of Aram, the king of what's present-day Syria. And the prophet was telling him that he has nothing to worry about, and those two kings will soon be destroyed. The passage starts, verse 10, Vayosef Hashem, the Lord continued, Daber el speaking to Ahaz Lamar, so saying, obviously the Lord over here is speaking through the Navi Yeshaya through the prophet Isaiah. Verse 11, Sha'al this is the prophet speaking to the king, ask for yourself a sign, Me'im Hashem Aleichecha, from the Lord your God, Ha'mek Sha'Allah, Ask in the depths, or ask something high up. In other words, God is telling the king, ask for yourself a sign. And now a sign is that when God associates a physical entity or physical act together with a prediction, it could be a miraculous event or entity. It doesn't have to be a miraculous entity. It could be something... uh, just just something that's connected, some physical entity that's connected to the event, to the prediction that's, that, 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 that is supposed to come. So he's giving him the full range. You can ask anything all the way in, from anywhere in the depths to anywhere high up. Vayomer Achaz, and Achaz responded, this is verse 12, Loi eshal, I will not ask, v'loi anase es Hashem, I will not test the Lord. Ahaz is trying to give a religious response, make, a sense, make himself sound religious, but it's obviously sarcastic. He's harking back to Deuteronomy 6, verse 16, where it says, do not test your Lord, which means don't do things which will anger God. And he's using as if I'm not going to test God and see if he's able to do something. He, he didn't want... The, the understanding is that he didn't want the prediction to come with a sign to make an impact on the way people are thinking because Ahaz, his whole path in life was a negative path. He was trying to bring Israel to idolatry, bring his kingdom, Judah, to idolatry, and he didn't want anything that will be a dramatic sign from God or anything that will bring people to God. Verse 13 Vayomer, there's the prophet talking, Shimuna based David. Listen now, house of David. Hamat Mikem is this small for you, Halois Anashim, to frustrate people, Kisalu Gamas Elekoi, that you're trying to frustrate God as well. That means Achaz was an evil person. He would do bad to other people. And now he's trying to anger God, frustrate God. Lachain, therefore, this verse 14, Yitain Hashem Hu Lachem Ais, the Lord, He will give for you a sign. Hineha Al Mahara, behold, the young woman is pregnant. Vyeledas Bain, she will give birth to a son. Vikaras Shemai, and his name, she will call his name Imanuel. God is with us. So the sign will be that a child will be born, 
And the name of the child is Immanuel. This is not a miraculous sign. This is simply a physical sign that is associated with a prediction. The name of the child. In chapter 8, verse 18, Isaiah says, I and the children are signs for the Jewish people. In other words, he wasn't a miraculous event. Isaiah had several children with names that signified certain predictions and certain events that were coming to pass. And this child, Immanuel, which most commentators understand is the child of Isaiah, is a, a sign representing the, the prediction that Isaiah is talking about. Chem, verse 15, He will eat milk, butter and honey. To his knowledge, at the time of his knowing, to choose, to despise evil and choose good. What the prophet is describing over here is that a situation where most people didn't eat. It wasn't. This wasn't the fair, the normal food of people to eat butter and honey. Butter and honey is eaten by people who their agriculture is devastated. It's destroyed. What's going to happen is, and what is happening already at this point, is that the kings had destroyed the land, the agricultural land, the wheat, the grain, the the wine, the oil, the the main staples of the land were gone. But what's going to happen is that miraculously, there's going to be some animals left that the people have, and the people will be sustained off the animals, the, the milk of the animals, and the honey, which generally is understood as what grows from fruit trees, or it could be bees' honey, and and this will happen while the child is yet young. Before the child knows, while he's still an infant, he doesn't know yet, means to despise evil and choose good. The land will be abandoned. This land that right now you are in, a, you detest the land. In other words, Ahaz was in a position, he was so frightened for these two kings that he wished he was somewhere else. So he he detested his own land. He was in a situation where he would was pushed away from his own land. So this land that you are frightened of and, and you feel uncomfortable in, this land will be abandoned from before her two kings. In other words, the two kings that were threatening Ahaz will be gone. And this will happen while this child, Immanuel, God is with us, will still be an infant. Verse 17, Yavi Hashem Alecha, now, this prediction moves on. So, the first part of the prediction, now we're going to be going to a second part of the prediction. The second part of the prediction, the first part of the prediction is that these two kings that are presently threatening him will be gone. And the reason they'll be gone is because God is with the Jewish people. And the child whose name is Immanuel, God is with us, signifies this truth and the, and the truth of this prediction. But God is taking the prediction one step further. And he's saying, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen after that. Yavi Hashem Alecha, this is verse 17. Yavi Hashem Alecha, the Lord is going to bring upon you val amcha and upon your nation, val beisavicha and upon your father's house, yamim days asher loivo, that have never come. Lumiyoim sura Ephraim al from the day that Ephraim moved off from upon Yehuda, which means from the break of the ten tribes from uh, away from Judah. It means under David and Solomon, all of Israel was united. The greatest tragedy, the, the greatest bad thing that happened to the to the Judean kingdom was the rebellion of the ten tribes. Something's going to happen that's going to be so bad that you're going to have to go back all the way to that event to find something as bad as that. 
and what's going to happen? Esmelech Asher. He's going. The Lord is going to bring upon you the king of Asher. Now, the king of Asher, Assyria, invaded the northern kingdom, took the ten tribes into exile, took the northern kingdom into exile, and then in in Second Chronicles chapter twenty-eight, we read how they already started attacking Judah in the days of Ahaz. Who will be upon that day? Yishrei Hashem. Hashem will whistle as a signal to that they should come. Lazvuv to the fly. Asher That's in the edge of the 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 tributaries, the streams of Egypt of Mitzrayim. Vladvira into the bee. Asher beeretz Asher. That's the land of Assyria. So it's comparing the soldiers of Assyria and the soldiers of Egypt, which it seems like were allied with Assyria at least at the point when. They invaded and they threatened Jerusalem, and they're all God is going to, so to speak, whistle to them and signal to them to come upon Judah. Uvo, and they shall come. kulam, they'll all rest. They'll come and settle down. Benachale abatois, in the valleys that are devastated, or in the, in the valleys of that are that are empty. Uven and the crevices of the rocks. And amongst all the, the, the thorn bushes, the word na'lelem is an unusual word. Some understand it to mean a different type of thorn. This would be, let's say, thistles or some other type of thorn. And others understand it to mean, and in all the settled places. In other words, the, they'll come and invade the land and there'll be so many soldiers, like, like just the swarms of insects, of flies and bees, coming and settling all over the land. Verse 20, upon that day, the Lord will shave with a commercial razor with those who cross the river with the king of Asher the head and the hair of the feet and, and also the beard will be removed. So we have a metaphor over here of God shaving with a professional razor which means a real sharp razor those who cross the river another way of understanding it is all the region of the other side of the river, the king of Ashur, the king of Assyria, and the shaving will be a total shaving. The head, the, the hair of the feet, which would mean the hair of the body, and even the beard will be will be removed. There's actually two understandings of this. Either it means that God will use the king of Assyria as a professional razor to shave off the land, and it means to say he'll devastate the, the many kingdoms that are around Judea, and he invaded all the way down to Ethiopia and Northern Kingdom, Egypt, etc. He, he captured all those places. Another way of understanding it is that God will himself devastate the king of Asher. That means the king of Asher in this verse could be understood to be either he's the implement that God will use or it's the one who will be shaved. He'll be the one who he'll lose his whole army. And the the head will be the leaders, the the hair of the the hair of the feet, which refers to the body here, will be the regular soldiers, and even the beard. The beard would be that was like in those days it was like a sign of royalty. The king himself will be destroyed. Who will be upon that day? Ish, a man will give life. This is what he will, you know, hold on to. Eglas bakar, a calf of cattle, or state sign and two sheep. In other words, people will have the the, the, arm, the the land will be empty. The land will be no there'll be no agriculture in the land. But the people will have animals, sheep and cattle, and a little bit of them, not much. And that's what they will live off. There'll be a great blessing though. There'll be abundance of making milk. He won't just drink the milk, he'll make butter out of it. 
butter and honey they will eat, all those who remain in the midst of the land. Verse 23, It will be upon that day, And it will be that every place, that there is over there 1,000 vines for 1,000 silver pieces, pieces, to, to thorns and thistles it will be. In other words, all the lands that are lush and luxurious, and this, this is the place where the wealthy people lived and owned their agriculture, which would be uh, these fancy vineyards that, that are so valuable, a thousand silver coins, they'll be desolate. People won't be interested in them. The invading army will have destroyed them. They'll be covered with thorns and thistles. Verse 24, Anyone who will want to enter there will have to use arrows and a bow. Thorns and thistles will be throughout the land. In other words, the basic and the main agricultural lands will be desolate. They'll be covered with thorns and thistles. And all the mountains, all those places, the mountains, the hilly places, which needed to be plowed with a spade. And this was a land which generally belonged to the poor people. And before the invasion wasn't a real agricultural place. It won't enter their yiras, shamer vashayis, the fear of the thorns and the thistles. Vayol will be for the sending forth of the ox, and the trampling of the sheep. So it's describing a situation where the regular agricultural lands of the wealthy people will be desolate and destroyed. And the land which belonged to the poor people will still have grass on it, will have pasture on it, and the people will be living off the produce of cattle. So not cattle. In other words, they'll be eating, drinking milk, they'll, they'll, and not the regular agriculture, because it will be a situation of after the devastation of the Assyrian invasion and the invasions which preceded it, the land will be generally be desolate, and the, the people will live off a, a poor and meager existence. It won't be a regular agricultural situation, it won't be a regular economic situation, and this is how people survive in those days when the prophet's prediction is going to come to pass.